0: Ben Hartley, where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business, your relationships, and your mindset. If you need the show notes or wanna check out the latest blog post, visit SixFigurePhotography.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley, I want to thank you today for spending time with me and our guests. I'm going to keep our guests secret for the time being, but I just want to thank you for giving me your attention, your time, whatever you're doing, walking the dog, driving to work, washing dishes. I just want you to know that I'm so incredibly grateful for you. The purpose of this podcast, if you haven't figured it out, is to help you grow your business. And we do that by learning from people who have gone before us. We learn from their wins and their losses. That's the purpose. You guys, uh, today... We're going to drive, dive right into who we have. I'm I'm going to spare no other time, uh, with jargon and, and babbling on. We've got Troy, Christopher, Plota, uh, look, Troy has been an award-winning professional photographer for over 30 years For context, I'm 31. I've got a lot to learn from this man. His work has appeared in top magazines, including uh, we got Vanity Fair, we got GQ, Rolling Stone. His advertising work has appeared on dozens of billboards around uh, Times Square, New York, the Vegas Strip. He's photographed Heidi Klum, Usher, Mariah Carey, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump. I love that those two are together, by the way, Troy. Uh, Look, this is what's really exciting. He's been on the forefront of technology. He's given a TED Talk called The Future of Photography. His latest creation uh, is the digital sharing platform, Plotiverse. Uh, It also features his award-winning app, Plotograph. It was featured, by the way, uh, Apple. Uh, Apple um, featured this with the release of the iPhone X, you guys, welcome. Troy Christopher Pelota. How are you doing, my man?
1: Yay, thank you, Ben. I appreciate that. Um very good. Super excited to speak with you this morning. This is awesome.
0: Yeah. So okay, I'm I have this like gut feeling that you're in New York right now. Where where are you at? <laughs> I'm in Maui right now. <laughs> Maui.
1: <That laughs> do me. What are you doing in Maui, man? I moved here two months ago. <laughs>
0: two months ago, where'd you move from?
1: Uh, we were in Santa Barbara for a while. And before that we were in Manhattan. And before that we were in Florence, Italy. And before that we were in Florida, we, we, we pride ourselves on being digital nomads. Um, so, you know, as a photographer, you know, I've been traveling the world shooting for years and stuff. Um, uh, but I've always had a dream of living in Maui. This, this is like the, has always been the goal. Um, and when I was doing, when I was Just working as a photographer, I didn't know that was, you know, it probably wasn't possible so much, especially for the subject matter that I was shooting. But now that I have a tech company, um, it's perfect because I've got great Internet connection and I have the whole entire island to shoot at my disposal. So super excited.
0: (laughs) Fantastic, man. Okay. So we've got a lot of catching up. So you've got a tech company. Now you're making apps uh, for creatives. I love this, but we got to pump the brakes and rewind. You've been shooting professionally for over 30 years. That means that you have gone through some major transition points. And anytime I get somebody on this podcast, who's, who's gone through the massive shift of the industry, I've got to ask questions. I mean, the industry used to demand like 35 K a day and now we're like one K a day. And this is like uh, more, more commercial realm. Would you say? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. How did you, I mean like, well, before we even get to that, how did you get started in this whole thing?
1: Well, okay. So when I was a kid, I've all, you know, at 13, I picked up a camera basically in high school and that's when I started shooting, and and I was kind of like the guy in high school who was the you know photo editor for the yearbook, photo editor for the newspaper, and I just couldn't get enough of it. I just always had a camera in my hand, and my camera has basically been my passport to the world and the people that I've met and shot, and and just my whole life has been um, through photography. So I really have a passion for photography and for helping other people. Now that you know, I've been around for a little bit, you know, how can I help the guys who are coming up and, and whatever data that I can share, I, I love it. So.
0: Okay. Awesome. So then when you first entered, did you like, how, cause it's like, I want to know, how did you first enter as a professional? Like what was your, tell me a story of how you got your first client. What was that client? Like, what was that client in? Was it, was it commercial? Was it portraiture? What were you doing?
1: Okay. Great question. Um, so, uh, was I like 20 years old, I moved to, um, Atlanta and my first kind of real client was Botter fashion college. It was this, I'm not sure if it's still there. Probably still is. (laughs) Um, but I befriended the fashion teacher there. And then the, the students within their program, um, at the end, they had to model as far as, you know, to be on the other side of Of you know wearing their clothes and do portraits and stuff like that, so they hired me to shoot all of the students. So we would do fashion shots of them and headshots and that sort of thing. So that's kind of my first official um, client, and they also did uh, the they did fashion shows at the um, fashion mart in downtown. Atlanta there. So I'd go in and shoot the fashion shows and that sort of thing. So that was like my first sort of, you know, real gig. And I'd go home and process the black and white film in my bathroom and, you know, do, do all the prints and stuff like that. So that's kind of like my first gig, I guess.
0: Yeah. Was, um, you had to have had some, some hard times earlier on. And and all I mean when I say hard times is maybe, maybe times when you were like, is this really what I want to do? Where you were maybe, maybe toyed with this a little bit. Like, can you share a story of, of a time that it wasn't all, uh, unicorns and rainbows?
1: Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, there's lots of those, but there was never a time where I considered doing anything else because yeah. I, I didn't, I was so full on full into it that there really was no other option that I, I didn't even give myself another option. I wasn't really a scholastic kid. Um, I barely made it through school. <laughs> and I think that's where my parents really kind of knew like, all right, so maybe he really does like this because the grades aren't so good except for photography. Photography class was like all straight A's. You know, that was like, it was obviously that's where my passion was. I was more on the creative side. So I never really had a backup plan. Um, yeah. And maybe that's part of the success. <laughs> it's <Probably>. die, <laughs> <you know? laughs> Um So. But yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's really hard um, to go through it. And a lot of times, you know, early on, even before I bought our fashion college, you know, I, I would, you know, test models. I would get paid to shoot models for their portfolios and building up the book that way. And then that's what really led into getting in touch with the modeling agencies. And, and then the clients start seeing your images with the, with the models. And then all of a sudden they start booking you on accounts. And that's kind of how it grows, um, at least for me and then being you know connected with technology you know the second a digital camera came out you know that's i was all over anything you know tech wise i just i love tech as much as i love photography so i kind of combined the two throughout my career
0: so let's talk about that transition for a little bit because you went from you've you've lived through not only lived but like worked through as a professional the shift of film to now our digital age where let's just call it like everyone's a photographer what was that transition like? What did you learn along the way?
1: Well, so the, the difference right now, too, is is a photographer back in the day, you had to be somewhat of a MacGyver. You know, it was just a photographer had um, the characteristics of you just almost had to be a magician in some way. But plus also a businessman and all these sort of things. Um I wasn't an early on initially a businessman. <laughs> um, but, you know, you just by necessity, you have to learn these things, you know. So but as digital came along, um, I just always love like whatever is kind of the newer th- sort of thing, you know. So it's just photography is, is completely different now. It just also as far as, you know we talked about earlier is like, you know, our, the day rates have come down quite a bit. A lot of our budgets have moved to video. So we've seen this happening for years. So it's just staying on that kind of tech tip as far as like, what can I do to stand out from the competition?
0: Yeah. So, so I have a couple questions here. I want to go practical for a minute. Like what did you do? I mean, was that a rough transition period? Um, I mean, even it's, I feel like too, that I'm going to, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but like that was like, it was all film and and print. And we went from print into this heavy digital space. And now we're almost seeing a a rise of print again. Um, but like, what, what did you do? How did you stay afloat? Um, apart from, I mean, obviously it sounds like your passion really drove you forward, like your passion and your commitment to the tech and to the art is what kept you moving. But what, what did that look like transitioning from clientele? I mean, you even talked about like like you used to be able to pull in, you know, in the, into the 10 thousands a day and how it dropped to such a saturated market of like a thousand a day. Uh, what did you do?
1: Well, um, when, when from film to digital, I was probably one of the first uh, photographers with a digital camera in my hand (laughs) Early early canons, you know, um, I think I had the first digital billboard in times square that was ever shot in a digital camera. Um, and I shot that for the Izod Eye campaign. But to answer your question, I made a fortune going from film to digital because now all the the budget that was used that the clients were paying for, like we had an $8,000 a bill. My, my budget was $8,000 for for the general photo shoots that I was doing with the fashion shoots. And I had a tendency to, um, at the time, I was shooting a lot of like outdoors, travel, fashion, like places you normally wouldn't see fashion shoots doing and stuff. So we shot a lot of film. So I actually took the budget for digital. So and then hired the best of the best to, to you know process the files, get everything set up and transition the clients from film to digital. And there was a little bit of a process there because the cameras were only so good in, early on, but I used it to my advantage to 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 make money. <laughs> Honestly, that's every time something comes up like this, I think okay, how can I keep my addiction, by passion <laughs> going, you know, and, and for me, monetizing your business, monetizing what it is, your passions is freedom. That's the way that you kind of keep everything rolling. And, and how, how do you pivot to use it to your advantage?
0: So what were some of the ways that you were able to monetize your passion? How did you end up like, what was the way that you solved that problem? Uh, for digital wise was just moving
1: the budget from the film to, to my own team for digital and then, and then specializing in that. And then there was so many photographers at the time, maybe half, if not more, who were like, Oh, you know, film will never be taken out by digital. Digital could never be what film is. Like there was a huge camp of photographers who refused to, to switch early on. And so things are moving at such a fast pace now that you just really have to be on that cutting edge of what what it is that you're doing. Because you know, just the traditional stills, um, uh, so many of the so much of our content now is being viewed digitally. So that's why a lot of clients and, and there's and it's it, it's not just because of a choice. It's because a lot of times a moving image is going to actually give you a lot more um, coverage, a lot more um, attention, a lot more comments and likes, especially on social.
0: So this leads us to, uh, the, the photograph. So like, th- this is what I like about you, Troy. Like you've always, um, you haven't just survived through change. You figured out a way to profit through change, like massive change to stay at the forefront, to look for the opportunity and to make moves. I love that when, when digital came out, it's not like you, you fought it. It's like, you just transitioned the budget, you move, you brought in a digital team and you just kept going. And now this has happened. you you've created your own app uh, and I want you to explain it. I want you to explain to everyone, if, if you haven't checked this out, you got to go check out uh, Plotograph, but then also Plotoverse. Can you explain what this app is up to, what it does? Yeah. So
1: basically we take um, a still image, doesn't matter when it was shot, it be shot a hundred years ago. And um, we, we've created an algorithm that takes the pixels and moves it in a way that can, makes a continuous loop that the eye can't see. So, um, whether you're posting that for social or for digital billboards or for a website or whatever it might be, it, it just takes the still image to the next level. Um, and now with Plotograph, we actually have video overlays that we're putting on top of it. So it's giving the photographer multiple tools now to be able to take his His image and bring it to kind of next level. It's not for every image, you know, it's not for every, you know, shot, but a lot of times now clients are actually calling for it and they're looking for photographers who know how to shoot for it, who know how to shoot elements that they know will animate well and, and how it would come into play for whatever it is that they're doing.
0: So so tell me the story of how this came to be. Like how on earth did you go from being like, I'm a photographer to like, I'm going to make an app that's going to make <laughs> just move. Like what, there's got to be something behind this. Share the story.
1: Okay. So I I saw the writing on the wall years ago. Our budgets were coming down, lots of competition, stock photography now. I mean, there's there's websites now that you can just literally download free pictures and use them for whatever you want. You know, this didn't used to be that you you wouldn't even fathom that that was a possibility 20 years ago. Honestly, like, you know, where we are now, it's happened so quickly that it's caught a lot of people off guard. So um, we started animating images um, maybe 10 years ago or so. And it used to take After Effects and Photoshop and Premiere, like it took all these different softwares in order to do it. And even then it didn't really loop it perfectly. So I kind of always had this idea, like if anybody ever developed, you know, a software that could do this and export a 4K, this would be something that would be really useful for photographers, especially for being able to compete within the industry. So um, my co-founder and partner, Sasha, um, at one point is, you know, a few years ago we decided to go all in on this. Uh, we moved from Florence. We were in Florence, Italy, um, working on a personal project. We moved back to Manhattan and just the change in the industry in such a short period of time. We're like, Oh my gosh. So I basically sold all of my gear. Like I had two studios full of stuff, lights, cameras. I just kept selling gear to pay for code. (laughs) So once again, it was all in. It was like, there's no, there's no going back. You know, we're all in on this. Um, so luckily um, you know, it took off, you know, there's a few industry influencers, Trey Ratcliffe uh, discovered us right off the bat and he started promoting us to his followers and, and it was very helpful for us. And, and then last year Apple um, featured us, we, we developed an uh, iOS app, Apple featured us and we literally blew up about a year ago. Um, got app of the year from you know USA today and several other places. And, and, now, um, with doing all this, we're like, gosh, we need a we need a real place for the pros to go in and present images that can be viewed on not just mobile, like Instagram, where it's just mobile based, mobile, tablet, and desktop. And that's what we did with Plotiverse, is we have a sharing platform now where this motion art can be shared in HD. Um, so it's the only platform that you could you know view high quality HD images across all platforms. So, um, my goal, my job right now is getting the brands and the agencies on. So that way to let them know, Hey, by the way, we have a half a million uploads now, um, of some of the best motion art there is in the world. And so this is going to be the place that the agencies and brands go to, to reference ideas for upcoming concepts. And at the same time, this is where they can discover the photographers and the artists who are really up on this technology. And this will be like the creme de la creme of, you know, of the motion art world um, for agencies to come to. So is Plutoverse a social platform as well? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a complete social platform. You can share your images. We we also have a contest um, challenge part of the platform that we've built in now too, where um, artists can come in and they, we put out an image every single day and we're like, okay, animate it and vote. <laughs> Let's see who does the, the coolest animation overlays, whatever it might be. Um, so it creates this whole world in itself. And, and we'll put out one image and we'll get a hundred different ways of animating or putting overlays on an image. And it's just amazing what people come up with.
0: Yeah. So are these then essentially like gifts? Uh, no. Like do they, do they, they survive be- outside of the app?
1: Yes. So you can export them as gifs. I promote MP4s more than GIFs Uh, cause, um, back in the day, GIFs were really the main way that you were able to loop something, and it'd be a continuous loop. But now, you know, websites, social platforms, almost anywhere will, will loop an MP4. A GIF comes in at 256 colors, and it can be a very large file uh, to where an MP4 um, has, you know, tens of thousands of colors and can be a smaller file and can loop more efficiently. So we promote MP4s. So it's our job also to educate photographers on, you know, you know with the formats and what's happening with technology. And that's one of the things that we do through Pl- Plotiverse also.
0: Podcast listeners, I apologize for interrupting the interview, but I just, I have to give a shout out to two big supporters of the industry, two big supporters of the SFP podcast. And so I'm gonna be brief here. The first is the Giphy booth. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, It is essentially a photo booth, but it is a modern, fresh, uh, new take on a photo booth. It makes animated GIFs and photographs. Now here's the deal. I'm a working wedding photographer. I am not a photo booth owner. And I want you guys to understand this. This is perfect. If you are a photographer first, out shooting events, uh, portraiture, that type of thing, this booth is amazing because it requires so little work. Like I've I've had other photos. I still own another photo booth, but the Givey booth is the thing that I love because I just get to set it up in under five minutes. It It's like a it's the size of like a laptop bag, essentially. Um, it automates everything once you're done with an event. Uh, it's such an easy upsell. And one of the great things about it is because it takes so little overhead to actually run uh, an event that I essentially get to pass that savings on to my client. And so I can, I can charge less for it, do more events and remain so much more stress-free. It also has like built-in marketing tools. You guys just need to check it out. It is called the Giphy booth. Go check it out at giphy.com G I F yyy.com three y's g-i-f-y-y-y dot com by the way use the coupon code sfp2017 for some dope discounts maybe just mention my name dude you know Ben Hartley sfp2017 uh, is the code uh, to go check this thing out I own one and I promise you I'm buying another this year as well Next up on my thank you list is Freedom Edits. You guys, look, the end of the day, you can't grow your business if you are doing everything. It's just a its a fact that we all have to face. And to have somebody who's doing the bulk editing, by the way, when I say bulk editing, like I get to still, you get to still choose to edit the photographs that you wanna edit, the beautiful portfolio shots, the stunning bridal portraits, whatever it is that you get excited about, please keep editing that. But all of the bulk stuff that slowly kills your soul Please go check out Freedom Edits and have them take care of it because they're going to give you consistent results with personal touch. This is the thing it's the personal touch, like the intentional decisions. That, that uh, Freedom Edits, by the way, in-house editors, not like outsourced, in-house editors make, I freaking love because they're actually making intentional creative decisions and not just doing these like robotic choices where you get images back and you're like, why did they expose for that? they should, like, like any normal creative would have understood that there was an off-camera flash. And, and done this right. Freedom Edits will do it right, you guys. I freaking love them. Go check out Freedom Edits. By the way, uh, it's freedomedits.com forward slash Ben Hartley. That's where you need to go. freedomedits.com forward slash Ben Hartley. They're going to give you the first full wedding free, you guys. Again, just mention my name, Ben Hartley. They're going to give you the first full wedding free. Like, do you want to save a couple days this week? Then go do this right now. freedomedits.com forward slash Ben Hartley. Hartley. All right, let's get back to the show. Troy, why on earth did you decide that you needed to make pictures move rather than step into the video world and just produce videos?
1: Okay. So I did. So I worked as a director in DP for a while. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. You know, Canon, you know, back in the day came out with, you know, you use your camera now as a video, you know, video camera I and know, stuff. Two days. Exactly. Yep. So we were on shoots, and I would shoot start shooting B roll, and the clients were really loving that, of course. But then when it came down to it, we're like, "Gosh, you know what? It's just not the same. I don't really enjoy shooting video as much as I do stills." Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of us, like in my generation, we had a tendency to be lone wolves. You know, we don't really talk to other professional photographers. We don't really. It's just more, you know, going hard with your team and and you know getting work and 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 turn it through accounts and stuff like that and, and clients. Um, so now that I've got the tech company and I started talking with other photographers, we all have a similar story. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm doing video now too, but it's just not the same. I don't really enjoy it as much or it's taking up a lot of my time because now you're shooting the video, you're editing and you're kind of stepping in both of these worlds. So we, and now at this point we're doing video a lot of times by necessity because that's where a lot of the work is also. So creating a tool for photographers to be able to compete in the video realm with stills is to me like a a tool that's really very, very helpful. And so I, I'm all in on this. I love motion art, whether it's, you know, you have, you know, photographs, cinemagraphs, time lapses, whatever it might be, this whole world of this, this, um, ever looping image, um, that the younger generation is really loving is just kind of where I put my, all my attention on right now.
0: I love it. So look, I I imagine that there's listeners uh, right now who are – they're involved in portraiture. They're involved in uh, wedding photography. Uh, Let's just go with those routes. It's probably the majority of listeners. Uh, How could somebody – use your tool? How could somebody use a, pl- uh, use the photograph to add value to their client? Like is, is there any unique, um, ways that you could use this even look even as a product? Is it a value add as a product? Like what could somebody do? What are some creative ways that you could actually take some images that have already been produced for a client? Uh, and, uh, what, what would you, what do you say? plotify it? Like what's, is there a, is, do we have a verb yet? <laughs> well, just create a photograph, basically. And, you know, th- the the
1: plotograph was not my idea it was my assistants you know we, we had like a hundred different word names for this everything was taken or websites or whatever it was and my assistants like just call it a plotograph you know it's a photograph plotograph it sounds the same like all right fine you know we we'll go with this and it kind of took off um, but we call it a, making a plotograph <clears throat> and to answer your question like this is such an amazing tool you guys because you know if it, any any you know future customer that you're going to have, they're going to look at your website. They're going to look at your work compared to like 10 other photographers. How are you going to set yourself apart? Not only on top of like what you're going to do lighting wise and composition and all that stuff, but what's that one thing that's going to really help you stand apart. And that's what photograph does. Um, I, so I was working with GoPro actually brought me in as photographer of the week back in June last month. And we posted, you know, I posted a couple photographs and we had a couple other of our ambassadors post photographs on the, on the, um, on their Instagram page. And we like, I think it was quadrupled, probably more than quadrupled the comments. I think we have like almost 1600 comments now on that post. Um, so it just gets more attention. So taking your image, whether it's a wedding shot or portrait and animating it some way, or putting some kind of overlay on it that you have control of just to add that little bit of effect. Um, your, your clients are looking for the same thing. They're looking for Like when they post their wedding image on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is, what's something that's going to really kind of really stand out and be like, oh, this, you know? And and, and it's you know, it's looping content, animating the wedding dress, animating the veil, um, putting. So if you're um, you have this beautiful shot standing, you know, let's say here we're in Maui, you can have the, the water moving in the background, clouds rolling by. And um it it just kind of stands out from what you just have in the traditional still, especially for the younger generation. generation Z, this generation is all about like anything that's in their face moving their attention span is very short, <laughs> you know, so that's basically the the our customers our big part of our customers are like really eighteen to thirty five. My generation is still kind of like, no, this is a gimmick, this isn't really a photograph and you're bastardizing." <laughs> You know all this stuff, and I and I'm like, no, oh, come on, guys, let's get on. You know, get get with the times. You know, and there is a place, of course, for stills, and you know that's. But if you really are looking to stand out, you really have to do something different because we've all been there, we've all done that, we've all seen it before, especially in the stills realm. So if you have a tool that could help these images stand out like nothing else anybody's ever seen, why not?
0: Yeah, and this is something that like a photographer could introduce that is not requiring. So just so you know, it's Detroit, I'm in like the photo and video world. I do both. I started out as a commercial videographer, um, and, and actually in motion graphics, uh, After Effects, Cinema 4D. So anyhow, I'm like well-versed in this whole space, but this is something that a photographer could do who's maybe they they don't want to, to, to a get the equipment, uh, to do that type of thing. But more importantly, uh, the, the time spent involved, um, And could actually on a wedding day, take an image and then come back and produce something moving from it that they could use, uh, in a really interesting way online, uh, in the client's gallery, even in like, I've seen, um, there's a couple of album companies that you can actually, uh, embed like an actual single file, like a video file on the insides. They have like albums have screens in them now, but you can actually do something like that, uh, in a relatively easy manner. Is that right? I mean, what's the learning curve on this thing? It's so easy. (laughs) Actually, when I was talking to one of our
1: clients uh, a couple months ago, uh, well, I shouldn't say clients, um, somebody who's featured us in the past. And it's a very, very big brand that we all know. And his 13-year-old son does the animating for him (laughs) because he loves the app so much. It's really easy. Now, I work in After Effects a little bit. I'm pretty decent in After Effects. But this is nothing like that. It's super easy, basically tap and drag some uh animation points you tell the within a mask you know you just mask out the parts that you don't want to move press play and you're good to go it, it's a very easy learning curve um and that's one of the things that we pride ourselves on is just is to make it easy a lot of the adobe products are so amazing gosh there's so many things that you could do but and even like with cinema 4d and stuff like that um but we're we kind of sit somewhere in the middle it's not like this you know, automated app that just does it for you. Although it probably, it can go there down the line, but right now I like to show that, like you put an artist touch on it. You can just kind of tap and drag points to tell the image what parts to move. And then it's it's as simple as that. And then you export it like you would any other thing. You just, you know, hit hit the share button and, you know, whether it's an MP4.mov, GIF, JPEG sequence, PNG sequence, uh, or animated PNG that we have almost every kind of format you can imagine to export very easily.
0: Nice. So look, I was intrigued, uh, when I saw the Ted talk that you delivered, um, the future of photography, do you mind touching on this a little bit? I mean, what we're talking about already right now is, I mean, we're, we're kind of talking about the future of photography as it is. And this has me questioning, you know, even when I brought you on, I I think maybe I mentioned that like everyone's a photographer. Um, we all have our iPhones like, uh, where do you see the future of photography moving towards and is your product, um, where does your product fit in that kind of realm? Um,
1: so with the Ted talks that I did, um, I've played a lot also with um, VR and um, photogrammetry and the Ted talks. Wait,
0: hold on. F- photo, photogrammetry?
1: Photo, yeah. Photogrammetry. That's where you can you shoot an image from all points and then you're able to rotate. Like we were actually doing portraits, of, (laughs) of people, um, where we had, uh, I think it was 120 frames. I built a rig that had a turntable. It was a a eight foot turntable that we could actually shoot somebody on a motorcycle, jet ski, whatever it was. Um, and this is where I kind of started off with initially is shooting items or people from all different perspectives. So when you click on them, you could actually drag and rotate it and see a full 360 of the subject. So that's mostly for VR for we are shooting stuff for like for video games or, or for products for Amazon or whatever it might be. That's definitely the future to me of photography for product. Um, and VR has taken a while to come up. Like this is years ago. We're like, VR is the next thing. And, and it is. And VR is, is going to be there, but it still keeps kind of going down the line a little bit. So, um, we put all our eggs in the basket of saying, listen, this is something that can be used here and now. This is the future of photography. It's taking photos and being able to animate them or bringing them into the video realm. Now, so now that we have digital screens and most, most images that we're looking at are on a digital screen, it doesn't have to be still. It's not print yeah. so up until now before digital screens there, this wasn't even an option. You, you know, you, you, it basically had to be printed for color, right? So now um, that we're looking at this new platform and this new way of seeing things, you know, through pixels, it doesn't have to be stationary. And the, the numbers speak for themselves is an, a moving image Get so much more engagement than just a traditional, still, whether it's in advertising or social. So, as photographers, we have this whole kind of like conundrum, (laughs) like a very big one. Yeah. Yeah. Because things have changed. And as we're talking, the day rates have come down quite a bit in the, you know, in the commercial realms. And it's much easier for clients now to go get a stock image and pay hardly anything for it. If anything, actually, there's now sites that they can actually use images for free. So what? how do we compete? How do we keep our passions alive? How do we get that freedom to monetize what we do as photographers and to not have to get a second job
0: and to just literally just go full in on this? So what's your advice to the photographer who's listening to this and's going like, oh, oh shit. I know. I know.
1: Right. I know. And the thing is like, I'm, I'm there. I'm literally sitting in a chair going, you know, it's musical chairs. You know, you have all these chairs and the chairs are being pulled and you're like, what do I do? <laughs> you know, like that's camera in my hand. I, I want nothing more than to shoot. And to be honest with you guys, it's, it's get some kind of movement on your images, get some kind of, you know, like how do you stand out? How do you make yourself different? If that sort of realm is, Um, you know, it's, it's supply and demand. There's a lot of supply, you know, and there's a lot of demand too, but right now, just the values you can go in and pay 99 cents for a stock image. Now it's, it's terrible. So my answer to that, to be honest with you, is to do something um, that's tech driven, that's going to make you stand out. And right now it's, it's getting animated animated images in and also video overlays and maybe even getting, um, some, you know, the hybrid in there is, is where we're seeing a lot of, um, a lot of really great return.
0: Fantastic. What have been some of the most unique uses, uh, that you've seen for the photograph? Oh gosh.
1: Um, Ariana Grande posted a photograph last week. We, Courtney, Courtney Kardashian a few months ago, like, um, animating the images are amazing. Animating the images with the right overlays and doing it subtly, depending on the image is the icing on the cake that that's where it's like, I believe we've almost gotten into a new realm of a way of showing imagery and so like subtlety is key. Well, yeah, well, yesterday, it's funny, I saw an image on Instagram where it was like a monster at the Golden Gate Bridge or something, and the way that somebody animated this, it was just, you know, it went into the realm of motion graphics, but it was amazing, and it was one of our ambassadors, and say the ambassador generally gets, you know, like, Forty to sixty comments on Instagram. He had
0: three hundred and something comments, you guys, on this. Wait, image. wait, wait. Real quick, real quick. Yeah. Was this the like big grim reaper at yeah, the end? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I saw that. That hop, that popped in my feed. I didn't even yeah, like viral. Yeah, yeah, It's that's nuts. Yeah, isn't it?
1: So you when you saw that, what did you think when you saw that?
0: Well, I, I, well, okay. Just to be clear listeners, this is very real. To be honest, I did not, I, I don't have the photograph. I didn't like, I didn't follow it. Like I didn't even know that that popped into my feed and I actually, Troy, just so you know, this is so, this is awesome. You guys, I love serendipity. I clicked on it. I saw this thing moving and I clicked on it and I was intrigued with it, dude. And I don't click on very many things. Um, but I literally sat there and just kind of like watched that thing loop, uh, And so it did. It completely captivated me, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, and as I'm going down the line, and so a lot of people reposted that. So I'm looking, I'm starting to find new people now out there. And what's happening with us is Plotograph is kind of like the gateway in, and we've made it very easy. So we're finding a lot of our users now, it's like they're actually taking other things and they're adding motion to it or, or whatever else. It, it's like going down the rabbit hole. So, so like
0: taking a video and then adding a different motion to the uh-huh. video.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But getting it. So the whole key, and this is where the art comes in is getting it to loop. So you see on that one, it doesn't perfectly loop. And One of the things I was talking to Sasha about, is like, you know, if they would have reversed it instead of it looping back to the beginning, if it goes to the end, like it goes, the camera movement comes around and then comes back words, it would actually have a little bit more of like a less of a glitch in it. Yeah, So that's one of my jobs is, is to, you know, you know, teach artists like how to do these things subtly or in a way that are going to have it keep, keep, you know, doing its looping action and not break the eye. So, cause some people will sit there. It's funny when photograph first came out, a lot of comments on Instagram were like, I've been staring at this for 30 minutes (laughs) and we would just laugh our butts out because it's like, oh my gosh, these guys are cracking me up because it does, it creates that like you, you like. I'm going to find that loop. I'm going to find where it ends. And you, and then a lot of times it's a, it's a three second loop or it's even on Plutoverse, a half a second loop. You're never going to see it. So, cause it just keeps going. But once again, um, as humans, we have a tendency to keep our eyes fixated on something that's moving. And that's where it comes in with stills. And now that you have a, a digital screen that you have multiple things pulled up and, and your attention spans really slow or, or low, you you know, you kind of, if you have something that's in there, that's kind of engaging and moving. And, and so we've, I believe we've helped create this whole entire world of motion art. That's going to be a, a, a whole category into itself. Um, and I, I think photographers are the naturals, naturals to move into this realm, because the, to me, even when you go into video and even when you go into uh, the film world, the photographers always are kind of the best, have the best visuals. So that's why I, I think video has gotten so good too, is you have a lot of photographers who've moved into the video realm. So they're still using their, their the lighting. They have att- photographers have a tendency to put more attention on lighting and aesthetics a lot of the times than the, the technicalities of getting shot one, shot two, B-roll, whatever it might be. Um, so getting the photographers into the realm now of the motion art and even combining forces now with animators, you know, and before where it was like, okay, so a photographer, if you're not going to do your retouching, you partner up with a retoucher. Right. And now it's going next level. Now, if you could, if, if you could partner up with a really great motion graphics person who can come in and bring, whether it's a, to, if you don't want to animate yourself, which some photographers don't is partnering up with a lot of times our ambassadors, they our ambassadors are looking for images to animate. Because that's all they do is animate. So hop on a Plotoverse and be like, "Hey, oh my gosh, your animations are really good. Would you do this for me?" And in return for a tag, you, you all day long, you're going to get animators wanting to animate your stuff. So then they're going to post on their platform. And they're going to tag you, and you're going to tag them. So it's this, it's a reciprocal collaboration. You know, it's like artists helping each other and, and spreading the word. And then once again, you're just going to a lot of times with the motion graphics guys, you're going to get this stuff that you didn't even know was possible. And then the photographers are be like, "Hey, can you make this? Can can you put this together? You know." So it's just, it's just a new form of art.
0: I love it, man. Dude, this is sweet. Uh, now I, it feels like. Um, you know, when you like buy a a new car and then suddenly you start seeing that damn car everywhere you go, I feel like you've just opened up my mind. Like now I'm like seeing photographs everywhere that I look now, uh, because of this and this, it's kind of exciting to me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to make something here. Um, dude, this is so fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. So then, um, look, Troy, uh, I'm completely enamored with this. I can't wait to get some links down below for people to check out your app, check out Plotiverse, uh, find more about you and everything else that you're up to. Like what, what's next for you, man? Feet more features and more apps. (laughs) Okay. And how do you keep up with that? By the way? Like I swear every, every night, like my phone's like, do you, you've got an update you like, how do you, how do you manage keeping up with an app?
1: Um, it's pretty easy. It's, it's, you know, it's, um, cause it's just the, the coding takes longer. So it's easy for me to be like two years out on what I want to produce because <laughs> I need the coders to keep up. Um, so it's just you know UI, UX and you know tweaking everything. And what we're doing is we're building an Adobe suite, basically, that's kind of sits somewhere in between a general app that you're going to use on your phone and then, or Photoshop or After Effects. We're, we're kind of like, we're splitting the difference in making apps that have pro features, but are really easy to use. So under Plotiverse, you're going to find, you've got Plotiverse, We've got PlotFX. We've got Morph. now. We have a morphing app um, that's going to hit Android soon, and it's already on Pro. Uh, it's already on Desktop, and we're getting a lot of attention with that. So you can uh, right now you can morph up to 10 images into, e- into each other very easily, very, very easily compared to how the morph apps used to work in the past. So what we're trying to do is we're taking these super pro high-end apps. Now the devices are getting so much faster. We're able to make the UI UX a lot easier to use Um, And, you know, coming from the background of a photographer, I'm, I'm using that as my perspective. A lot of the times where we're kind of shooting up to the top right now is most of the photography world on apps aren't photographers, right? They're coders who are like, Hey, it would be neat to have a photography app, but they've never picked up a camera, you know? And so that's why it's like we have our whole entire team. We pride ourselves on saying this is made by artists for artists. We literally all are legitimately from the industry. Lots of years, lots of us. Um, We don't have coding abilities. We have somewhat coding abilities, but we've hired the best coders in the world to implement our ideas.
0: Fantastic. Where can people find you online, man? Uh, Android or
1: iOS, just search Plotiverse. And that will pull up our suite of apps there. And then PlotiverseApps.com on um, on desktop or laptop, PlotiverseApps.com.
0: I know what I'm going to be doing for the next hour. Uh, this is so cool. Uh, man, Troy, Christopher, Plota, thank you so much. Uh, hey, for for... Not getting lazy when uh when the opportunity for change was knocking. I love how you kept pushing and you kept making things. And I I pray you continue to do that. Thank you for uh for your time spent today with us. I really appreciate you, my man.
1: You're welcome, Ben. And thank you to everybody else out there too. Um, just keep cranking away. And you know, it's just we all love it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's our passion fantastic.
0: You guys, listeners, podcast listeners, I appreciate you so much. I said it at the beginning of this episode and I will say it again. uh, Your attention means everything to me. You guys, I've got some new things that are cooking uh, on another podcast and I want to just drop this little Uh, But in your ear. It's called Do What You Love. It's not out yet, but the goal is to help you to step out in fear and design the life that you want to live. And if you wanted to to get a chance to listen to the the first episodes early on before it drops, head over to benhartley.com, benhartley.com and sign up uh, to get an early release when it drops. Uh, You guys, we will see you on the next episode of the SFP podcast. Thank you, everyone.